Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Barry and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. Thanks for your help. You specified that you, haven't ha- you hadn't had the Kenny Pickett conversation with Connie yet, so that is a conversation that uh, two men must always have at some yeah, stage the of their friendship. Me and, me and Connor. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a Kenny Pickett negotiation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got, I've got a list. Hang on. I've got a list of conversations <laughs> yeah. I need to have. Like, so with, right, with Connor, it was like Kenny Pickett. Like, I would say it. Well, yeah, with, with you, it's Colin Hay. <laughs> yeah, Colin Hay. All right. Yeah, at least we're men at work for anyone uh, wondering. <laughs> Big Australian band. Yeah, the uh, that works. 600 to 1 crop cash. <laughs> 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 Somebody's at home with a big ticket. Uh, unbelievable. Do you uh, have a favorite Bennett Works song? Uh, yeah, Land Down Under. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a deep cut right there. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour live on Peacock. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. Fellas, it's good to be officially back, I would say. Officially back. We're live on Peacock, so the chances of me getting fired or canceled are now exponentially yeah, minus 300. increased. Yeah. Absolutely. Because before when we were we were taped and I said something, we go, ah, we can cut that out, we can cover that up, we can bleep it. But now that we did- we're live on the Live on Peacock. I was about to shorten the name of the, the company uh, uh, show title there. But live on Peacock, uh, yeah, there's always a chance that, uh, yeah, I do something stupid. And we did cut a lot of stuff, actually. <laughs> yes. So I don't know how this is going to go. Looking forward to transitioning our taped personalities to our new different live A lot of different ways you can consume the content if you're unfamiliar. In addition to obviously watching us live on Peacock. You can also watch us on demand at any time on Peacock. I think it also airs if you're looking at the live channel at 4 and 7 o'clock as well every single day. We air live on Channel 85 on Sirius XM uh, radio as well. We're always on demand on the NFL on NBC YouTube channel and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, uh, I know you went down under, but you could have gone, who can it be now? It's a mistake. Overkill. These are some of the big hits of Men at Work. Yeah. No, Australian supergroup Men at Work. Yeah, exactly. I was more of a powder finger guy, something for Kate, Paul Kelly, a bit, bit before my time. Uh, Understood. Colin Hayne and the lads. No, no Kylie Minogue? No. As long as we're talking about Australian <laughs> superstars? Yeah. Anyone else you got? Anyone else you want to throw out? Um, uh, well, uh, Nicole Kidman. 
I think once we had a. Didn't we well, have a was, she, she's married to Keith Urban, <laughs> yeah, and she, Keith oh, Urban sings. We went down this road, yes. I think in Vegas. We had a breakfast in Las Vegas where me and you traded famous Australians while Connor sat there with his pancakes. Tame and Paula. That's all I got. That's actually correct, actually. That's how I just ate. I said, Tame and Paula. Jay goes, very good, Connor. And then I let them go back to the conversation. percent. Big Australian music catalog over here. A lot of football this weekend, fellas. Chris Hemsworth. A lot of football this weekend. We have player news. Oh, Pl- yeah. Player Let's news across the board. Look at this. We are so back. That's right. We are looking good. And who to start with more so than Justin Fields? And more importantly, this Bears offense that has a lot of shiny new weapons. Mm. And one of those shiny new weapons in DJ Moore had a bit of a statement play. Fields wasn't asked to throw the ball through the air a ton in this game. But when you look at what these guys were able to do after the catch, a lot of people kind of were nitpicking this. Like, I still need to see more from Fields. But I think the bigger statement here, guys, is that he actually has playmakers around him that can help this offense go not just on the ground but through the air. To me, and that's the that's – the, uh, the, okay, by the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just – so I pulled, up, I pulled up Twitter or what, X, you know what I mean? Because there, there was something – no, no, hang on. But I'm just – like, just in case you were wondering, do they listen to us or not – I'm just Connor Rogers. I'm just going to ask you to read what the first suggested follow account I have here on my Twitter, my slash X. That would be Vegemite. <laughs> I mean, literally, my my account is nothing but if you look at who I follow, it's nothing but football, fantasy football, sports betting, yeah. and entrepreneurship. Like that's everyone I follow, and yet, but because you and I just. We're BSing about men at work for three minutes, and, and yeah, Australians, they want me to follow the at Vegemite account. Yeah, Just strangely. in case you're wondering, do they listen to us? They absolutely listen to us, and they should listen to me talk about the weapons that Justin Fields has. Again, two big plays, Khalil Herbert, to your point, and DJ Moore. But I think the point here is, as you see it there on your screen, DJ Moore now taking it to the house, is that he just didn't, when Fields was playing last year, if you wanted an explosive play like this, it was Fields' legs, and that was it. Herbert didn't get on the field that much. David Montgomery was the lead guy. They obviously didn't have DJ Moore. Um, uh, and uh, oh, I'm, Darnell Mooney, I don't know why I couldn't play, uh, get on his. Darnell Mooney obviously was hurt for much of the year as well. So all of a sudden now, you know, another year of Fields in the same offense, maturing as a passer. We obviously know about the skill with the legs, and now they've surrounded him with some guys that have up, you know, that have big playabilities we just saw. That's the important thing here is that DJ Moore is a legit number one wide receiver in the NFL. Khalil Herbert, we've always been like free Khalil Herbert. And the fact that he played the first two drives with the starters, it makes me think that at the moment he's got the lead in that backfield of who's going to be the Bears starting running back you want to draft if you're drafting right now. Yeah, and I think just as big of a deal, maybe even a bigger deal for Fields than getting these guys like DJ Moore, uh, Chase Claypool coming in midway through last year. Now he has a real offensive line. The fact that they they got Nate Davis to play right guard, they draft Darnell Wright in the first round. This is the first real offensive line Chicago has had since... I mean, Jay Cutlin have had a real yeah, offensive yeah. line, right? They just have never had one. The fact that you can protect Fields, who was running for his life, that's one thing. It's a lot of those 70-yard runs last year came because he was Scram- to, True yeah, scrambles. He had to yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah, to panic get out scrambles. Of and now this could be uh, one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, I think everybody has their eyes on this one, not just for Fields and fantasy, but what counterparts around him matter. We know DJ Moore matters, but what will Chase Claypool do this year? How do we figure out this very tricky backfield, Matthew Barry? That's another question. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, so if you, if you sort of look at, at kind of the, again, it's one preseason game. It's super small sample size here. But the fact of the matter is, is that similar to uh, what 
David Montgomery did last year, where he would play the first two series and then Herbert would come in for the third. It was kind of a two to you know two to one split in the backfield. That's what happened here. Herbert was the first running back that played the first two series with the uh, with the starters there, and then and then you saw Deontay Foreman, and then you actually saw Travis uh, Travis Ebner, and then uh, Rashawn Johnson was the fourth guy uh, in as well. And so again. We're early in the preseason, a lot of football left to play, very small sample size. But if I'm drafting today, Herbert is the Bears running back I want. And then and then Foreman, and I think Roshan Johnson's talent will eventually get him into the mix sooner rather than later. By the way, I just want to give a quick shout-out here to, uh, our, to our friend Nathan Jonke over at PFF. Does a great job of charting all of these preseason games. So just shout-out to Nathan, who does a, just a fantastic job if you don't get a chance to watch every single snap of every single game. Nathan does a great job over there. Yeah, Connor, just one thing. Last thing on Fields is going as QB6 right now. And I've had some people ask me, like, why isn't he just the number one quarterback? Like, he's got the most upside. Uh, and I don't think he's got the floor of other guys like Mahomes and Allen. But the thing with Fields is that he hasn't been that accurate in right. the NFL. But wasn't accuracy his calling card in college? Like, what has changed for him since becoming pro? Absolutely. I think part of it is in college there's so much more space where he was much more comfortable. Let's not forget some of the wide receivers that he got to play with at that time can make life look a lot easier. I think that's going to be a question around C.J. Stroud when he was thrown to Marvin Harrison. So I think when it comes down to it, it's spacing. It's, he did struggle under pressure in college at times. There was yep. times where he could hold the ball a little bit too long. I think that's been an acclimation or transition period for him at the NFL level. So with Fields, to answer that question that people ask you, I think it's health is why he's not ranked higher. I think he's been banged up his first two years. And if you're expecting him to run a lot while growing as a passer, you do worry if he'll be able to get through a season fully healthy. And once he shows that, I think his ADP expectations will be much different going forward. Yeah, one other thing I'll say on uh, – go ahead. Sorry. I no, no, nothing. Yeah. I was just repositioning. Okay, fair ahead, enough. Uh, no, just the other thing I'll say on Fields is, like, I had a lot of people calling for me to make Justin Fields my fantasy ride or die. Felt a little obvious, especially after I went with a rushing quarterback last year. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself. I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Don't want to, like, stereotype <laughs> myself. Please. I, You know, I'm a butterfly. But then you take Anthony Richardson break. next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. Um, Anthony Richardson was on the short list <laughs> yeah. this this year, honestly. Uh, well, I think Anthony Richardson is going to be too obvious next year. The other thing I will say is the only concern on Justin Fields that I considered was, like, like he had all these long touchdown runs last year, and, like, how sustainable is that? Right. Like, I think there's a chance, I think it's actually a pretty good chance, that Justin Fields is a better NFL quarterback this year and actually a worse fantasy option than he was last year just because teams will uh, limit him. He's my QB7. That's about where he's going. He's, I've seen him go QB. QB6, QB7, QB8, right in that range. So, I'm, you know, I'm sort of right there with consensus. But the, uh, but the exciting thing for Fields is obviously you know the rushing is going to come. I don't know if he's breaking off 70-yard touchdown runs every game. But the fact is that he does have these big play guys around him and, to your point, a better offensive line. And we'll get through all your quarterback rankings later in this show. Another guy very uh, you know, important in the fantasy landscape, and we finally got to see him on an NFL field, Anthony Richardson, who a bit of an up-and-down preseason debut. And we got to hear from head coach Shane Steichen on Richardson's performance after the game. As you see the interception uh, here, just the, you know, it's a rookie mistake, right? It's a ball that he shouldn't have thrown. He didn't see the defender there. But then Richardson settled in. He calmed down. He com- ended up completing 7 of 12 passes for 67 yards. Obviously, we're excited to see what he does on the ground in an actual game as well. But I think they want to limit how much of that we see from him in the preseason. But once again, Steichen on Richardson's performance after this game. 
I thought he had great poise. I really did. I know we had the early interception. Um, that's my fault. We got to do a better job communicating there on that one. Uh, they brought you know slot pressure off the edge, and you know there's a miscommunication that starts with coaching, starts with myself. We got to be better there. Other than that, uh, I thought he was efficient. He threw some good balls. Uh, he was calm in the pocket. Hit Granson over the middle. Threw a nice deep ball to Pierce. Um, a lot of good there, though. A lot of good. I think the raw physical talent is pretty evident right away with Anthony Richardson. I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, don't care about that game at all. Don't even care. To me, the most important thing about that game, the most important thing is that he started. Yep. That's all that matters. Right. Because the only question about Anthony Richardson, look, we know it's not always going to be pretty. We know he is raw. We know that there's going to be some moments that you're just like, ah, that I'm sure Anthony Richardson himself will want back over the course of the season. That's going to happen. But the question about Anthony Richardson was, are they going to try to you know, start with Gardner Minshew and then midway through the year bring him in? But he started week one of the preseason, first team with the starters, everything like that. Anthony Richardson, barring injury, Anthony Richardson is going to start every single game for the Indianapolis Colts this year. And to me, that's the most important thing. We know about the athleticism. We know about the legs. I'm at QB 12. His current ADP over on ESPN is QB 16. I am at 12, significantly higher than ADP, and honestly, I think I might be too low on him. Like, it would not shock me if this guy is QB 8 or 9. Again, it's not always going to be pretty. He's going to throw some picks. Uh, I think the, the passing is still raw. But, again, if you look at sort of similar quarterbacks, think about Lamar Jackson's rookie year. Think about Jalen Hurts' rookie years. Two guys that, again, needed to develop a little bit more as a passer in the NFL but had incredible athleticism and used their legs efficiently. Both those guys were top 10 fantasy quarterbacks on a points-per-game basis. And I would argue there is a chance that Richardson is better than both of them in his rookie year. He's surrounded by more talent than either of those guys were when those guys came in to be, to be rookies. It's a, it's, a, it's a more progressive offense. Remember, under Shane Steichen, who we just heard from, right? Jalen Hurts was the second-best quarterback in fantasy on a points-per-game basis under this same coach when Steichen was the offense coordinator of Philadelphia. Two years. Again, yes, for two years. I'm just saying that's one of the reasons why they drafted Richardson. It's one of the reasons they hired Steichen is because they know his ability to mold a mobile quarterback. Like I said, I have Richardson as QB 12. I'm significantly ahead of consensus on him, and I think I'm too low. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that he has a version of Justin Fields' year last year where it's not always pretty. There's going to be, I think, a lot of back foot picks like the one that he threw uh, on the weekend, but he's just going to accumulate so much volume. So I think that his... His, pro- his performance is going to be more fantasy-friendly than real-life NFL winning-friendly. But yes. for our purposes, that's all that really matters. Especially, by the way, imagine a scenario in which Jonathan Taylor doesn't show up. That was my next question. The right? go- how does that affect the goal line situation for Anthony Richardson? It's it feels him. like it's him. <laughs> it's him. It just means the entire offense is on him. And the entire offense is on him. And again, like, I agree with you, Jay. Like, I don't know what kind of season it's going to be in the NFL for the Colts this year. That's still, like, that's a tougher division than it was a year ago. The Texans are improved. The Titans are always going to be tough. The Jaguars are obviously ascending. So that's a tougher division than it was a year ago. So I don't know if they make the playoffs. I don't know how it goes for the Colts this year NFL-wise. But Anthony Richardson, it's not if Anthony Richardson becomes a fantasy superstar. It's a matter of when. And I argue it's going to be this year and sooner rather than later. Yeah, when they listed the the unofficial depth chart as Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew, I mean, Richardson's minus 20,000 to be the starter because you're not going to put the veteran as or. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be the Richardson shot. 
Green Bay moves into a new quarterback era here as well. Finally, Jordan Love is going to be the starter going into this season. He had two offensive drives versus the Bengals, 7-10, 46 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a pretty uh, pretty nice deep ball that Dax Hill made an incredible play on down the field as well. So when you look at Jordan Love getting comfortable in this offense is what matters. Head coach Matt LaFleur said it will not be his last preseason game action this summer. And, Barry, they were working in their two new weapons, Luke Musgrave, tight end they took in the second round, and Jaden Reed, the wide receiver they took in the second round, pretty heavily with this starting offense. So, first up, by the way, Jordan Love played 12 snaps this game. Romeo Dobbs played 12, Christian Watson played 11, Luke Musgrave played 12 snaps. Every single snap that Jordan Love played, Musgrave played as well, made some some uh, really nice plays. Like, I've, I've said this before, I've said this again, I think his speed is unbelievable for the tight end position. I think Luke Musgrave is going to be a thing this year, as we've talked about. Jordan Love might be good. We just, we have no idea. And there isn't, other than Christian Watson, there's really not an established pass catcher in that in that Packers offense. So I do think Musgrave is, you guys know I love me, my obscure tight ends, my late-round tight ends. Luke Musgrave is one of my guys this year, absolutely. And, yeah, it, it, it would appear, again, small sample size, but it would appear from uh, this game that Jaden Reed is going to be the slot receiver, that it's going to be Dobbs and Watson on the outside, and when they go three wide, uh, Jaden Reed's going to be in the slot. Yeah, I think Jordan Love, who's going QB 25 at the moment, he's going after guys like – Bryce Young and Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure that's necessarily warranted. I might prefer Love's upside over both of those guys. And the thing with Love, and this is my kind of overarching theory on quarterbacks in general, is that I think there are more diamonds in the rough, more guys who can come out of nowhere, like Geno Smith, like Brock Purdy last year, just because it's so hard to evaluate a quarterback in practice because you just can't simulate Micah Parsons trying to kill you on national television. Right. And you put him into a game and maybe he can thrive. And look, it was one game in mop-up time, but... Jesus, Jordan Love looked good against the Eagles when he played uh, last season. He looked pretty good in preseason today. A couple things about Jordan Love. Okay, first off, a lot of times when young quarterbacks get put into situations, right, it's tough, right? The team is bad. They're a high, they're a high draft pick. I mean, like White, Bryce Young, especially C.J. Stroud, right? You're, hey, we're going to have you start for a team that is rebuilding. There's a, lot, there's a lot of holes on that Texans offense. But you think about Jordan Love who comes in a situation like the Packers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have a pretty good offensive line. They've got two great running backs. Like, Jordan Love is in a situation where it doesn't have to all be on him. For the Packers to be successful this year, he just needs to be competent. He has to be above average. He doesn't have to be number 12. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. And so I think that's interesting. The fact of the matter is, is that he's had a couple of years in that system as well. Again, when Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this is the easy comparison because it's Green Bay, but we've seen this before when, like, no one knew what Aaron Rodgers was. Like, he was sitting behind Brett Favre for years and years and years. Aaron Rodgers was a guy that was thought to be going, like, number one overall, and then he lasted throughout that first round. You remember, like, I think he went 26th overall or something like that. Famous green room room pictures. Aaron Rodgers waiting for his number to be called, waiting, 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 waiting. And so then for three years, he does nothing, and we're like, like, is this guy any good? And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes out and you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> right? I mean, right, I, I believe, this is off the top of my head, but I believe Jordan Loves was a second-round pick. He was highly thought of coming out of college, out of Utah, right? Yeah, first-rounder, Utah State, smaller school. Okay. I mean, all the tools in the world, right? Some of the highlight reel plays, not to do this, but people would be like, oh, we just saw this go, Mahomes go through this. Now we have another guy that can roll out and throw the ball a million yards down the field. So you fall in love with tools. And guy needs, a guy needs time, right? That was always the thought of evaluating a guy like Mahomes. And I think Love went through a lesser version of that because nobody's as talented as the greatest quarterback on earth in Patrick Mahomes. 
but a school that it was going to take some time and he was going to need some seasoning. And he's gotten a little bit more than we hoped for with Green Bay, but he could throw the ball down the field. He's mobile. He's a big kid. And the team has been praising him, how he's handled his first training camp as the presumed starter as well. On the mobility, Connor, can he run the ball? How much is he going to run the ball this year? I think it's more in the mold of the yards are there and I can move and get out of the pocket and take the 10 yards. I don't think you're looking at the tier of the guys. Geno Smith is a really good comp in that situation. I was going to say, Geno Smith, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes in terms of the rushing. Like, just again, 20, 30 yards yards a game. You could absolutely do that. Absolutely. And I, I don't think they will... I'm, I'm curious with Jordan Love, with the upside this year, how much they try to protect Jordan Love with the two running backs, like you said. But on the flip side, there's a way to protect a guy and still have him throw. And I think that's the thought process of them drafting two tight ends in this draft. Yep. Yeah, really easy schedule to start as well for the Packers. So he'll get eased in, I think. Uh, he's not going to have to play the Cowboys week one or anything. All, all these guys are going basically free in drafts. I mean, the guy that's other than the running backs, the running back, you know, Aaron Jones goes high and you know Dylan's right there in the middle. But uh, all the... Watson's the the highest ranked guy, and you can get him really late as well. So I do think the Packers' offense is sort of interesting here, and I think in deeper two quarterback leagues, Jordan Re- uh, Jordan Love is. I think Jordan Love is going to be better than people think. He will be a fascinating case of a streamer, right? With how bad the Bears' defense and Vikings' defense appear on paper, and maybe they overachieve with that. That's four of his games right there. I do think the Vikings. I think. I'm a Brian Flores guy, so I do think the Vikings' defense would be better. He needs better personnel, but at least he's a good coach. Yes. Uh, Another quarterback with a super clean preseason debut, and Sam Howell completed 9 of 12 passes for 77 (laughs) yards, a a touchdown uh, against the Browns. Some are saying the Commanders might be back, Matthew Berry. (laughs) Some are saying. Some are saying they may have found their franchise quarterback. Some are saying Sam Howell should have been number one overall. Some people are saying, not me necessarily, but some people are saying he's number 14 on the field, but number one in your hearts. Uh, look, there's a lot of expectations here. I, what we care fantasy-wise, look, for me, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a commander's <laughs> homer. Like, well, I, I want Sam Hell to be the guy. I want him to be the guy. So Mahomes. Um, I want to be Mahomes. I want to be Mahomes, but better is what I'm hoping for here. Uh, but in all seriousness... I think all you care about from a fantasy perspective, you know, taking off my Homer hat here and just talking about fantasy, what we want from Sam Howell is, are you good enough to get the ball to Terry McLaurin, to Jahan Dotson, right, to, uh, to make it so that you don't load up the box against uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? Can we get something out of Curtis Samuel this year? You know, hopefully Logan Thomas missed his game. He was banged up. But, you know, something – can we get a consistent fantasy tight end out of the commander's offense? And I think there was enough good here and enough good in the Dallas game last year that you feel like – you feel pretty good about any commander's player you draft. I'm going to argue that Sam Howell has a very good shot to be, if nothing else, the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin has played with in his career. Understand, that is a low bar to clear. We're talking about the likes of, you know – Alex Smith on one leg and, um, you know, Kyle Allen and Case Keenum and, you know, Garrett Gilbert and, uh, uh, right, you know, and Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. I mean, like, it's a, it's not a tough list to be the best of, um, so low bar to clear. But, again, McLaurin has flourished no matter who's throwing him the ball. I like how, how's another guy that, by the way, I, he's my QB 20. Again, you sort of talk about sneaky athleticism. He's another guy that can get you 20, 30, 40 yards a game. His second-to-last season in college, he was a tremendous runner. Where yeah. you look at him and think he should easily get you 30 yards. He likes to run in the red area, which is the most important thing. So he's a guy that does like to hold the ball, and that helps him in fantasy because it makes him more of a running threat. So 
Hal's got a really good arm. He's a good athlete. He's got weapons. And we're going to see him finally get his chance. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought um, Travis Homer signed with the Bears, but he's actually sitting opposite me in uh, Studio 2 in Stanford. Uh, no, Sam Howell, I think the good thing as well is that his game against Dallas, uh, he went 5 for 35 on the ground with a touchdown. So that, I think, is going to make him very fantasy relevant, to your point. Mm. Washington head coach after the game, Ron Rivera, said, quote, you don't see him thinking as much. When he gets going, you can tell he's getting into a good rhythm. Applies to me as well. You never really see me thinking that much. No. But when I get into a good rhythm and I'm just, you just you know, go. Yeah, I just, I just go, whatever it is, that whatever comes to my mind. A couple other fantasy-relevant observations from the weekend. Kenneth Gainwell did not play for the Eagles. Obviously, they have two new bubble wrap. He's their star. <laughs> he's their <laughs> franchise. He's 90% works. You don't, you don't start Christian McCaffrey in the first preseason game. You don't start Kenneth Gainwell. The Kenneth Gainwell the tra- train has definitely left no. the station. Read the, read the quote, though. Yeah, I mean, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. Uh, My plan with the backs, I always like those guys getting tackled, so the first time they get tackled isn't game one. So next game, Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell will get a couple more carries like DeAndre Swift did today. That's my philosophy with backs. The point is merely this. We don't need to rehash the Kenneth Gainwell conversation from last week. The point is that the fact is that that they held him out the way they held out the starters. And, yes, he's going to play some next week and they'll probably hold out Penny and or Swift next week. The point is, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a thing this year. I'm not saying he's leading the Eagles in carries. I'm not saying he's the number one fantasy running back on the Eagles. But what I am saying is that Nick's, uh, that Kenneth Gainwell will be a thing this year. He will be involved likely as much as Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift, possibly more so. It is going to be a, a, you know, a, a multi-headed committee in Philadelphia. But Kenneth Gainwell, who is basically free in drafts, needs to be rising up your draft board and needs to be used as a late-round pick because I think he's very much worth a dart throw as a guy that's going to have a decent amount of playing time and one of the best offenses in the NFL. Agreed. I think the question for Philly is how many running backs can they have be fantasy relevant? Because I don't think it can be all three and Jalen Hurts. Right. It would probably be two. And so I think Gainwell is probably a decent bet to be one of the two. And then you'd probably say Swift, I guess. But Penny has upside too. So it's going to be a very annoying situation all season. It is. But also you're dealing with Gainwell has not really had much injury history in his NFL career. And obviously that is something that has been a hallmark of both Swift and Penny's NFL careers. Yep. Boston Scott against the Giants, Kenneth Gainwell against everyone else. There you go. That's, that's the strategy here. A couple other ones, Barry. Any of these stick out to you, whether it was the Jaguars wide receiver situation, Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones played more snaps than Christian Kirk. You have the Steelers backfield where Najee Harris played each of the team's first three snaps, but Jalen Warren ended up having more snaps with the starters. Real quickly, just I think that uh, it's all small sample size, as I keep saying, but Ridley and Zay Jones playing more snaps than Christian Kirk and just – that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Ridley and Zay Jones on the outside. Kirk is going to be primarily their slot receiver. So the fact that Ridley's being drafted ahead, Christian Kirk, is the right thing. I just want to point this out. The Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby played one snap with the starters. And there's a whole conversation going on on, on Twitter slash X, whatever. So shout out to FantasyLife.com's Dwayne McFarland who pointed this out. Yes, it was one snap. But the point is, is that it was a third and one. It was a short yarded situation. They brought in Tank Bigsby, which makes you think, is that something that they're going to do situationally where there's a short yardage situation or perhaps a goal line situation where Tank Bigsby makes more sense than Travis Etienne? I think you knock Etienne down a few spots because we think Tank Bigsby is a pretty good runner and a pretty good between the tackles guy. So the fact that he got that third and one, I think, is significant. Jalen Warren remains one of my favorite sleepers this year. He, we saw him come on towards the end of last year. 
We like, I'll just say I do. I think the Steelers' offense takes a step this year. I think Pickett's actually going to be pretty good. I thought Pickett looked good over the weekend as well, honestly. And so the fact that Jalen Warren, to your point, Connor, finished with more snaps with the starters, like, I could see this being a 50-50 split or a 60-40. Even if it's 65-35 in favor of Harris, that's not where they're being drafted. Harris is being drafted as if he's a 75%, 80% guy. Um, and I think that's a mistake. I Warren is one of my favorite later-round running back targets. Yeah, it hasn't worked for Najee Harris being a workhorse back in terms of his efficiency. So you can absolutely see the, the headline from Mike Tomlin saying we want to cut down his workload so he can be more explosive and more efficient in his carries. So I agree that that's a concern for Najee Harris and his workload. On Bigsby... ETN last year, I think this went a little bit under the radar, he did get a healthy amount of goal line carries. So if he's going to start losing that, then that's a problem for ETN, who I think has significant upside. But if he's losing the short yardage work, then he's going to really have to compensate as a receiver. It, it, right. And we haven't seen that yet in the pros. We know it was in cop. We haven't seen it yet in the pros. So that's the thing, is, is on an offense that already has Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram, how much does ETN get involved in the passing game? Because if he's not, to your point, getting that red zone work, getting that goal-to-go work, he becomes much more of a low-end RB2 than the potential borderline RB1 that some people have drafted him as. With all the weapons they have, maybe the answer with Jacksonville is they just don't throw to the running backs this year, right? If neither of them are overly effective receiving backs and they have three effective wide receivers, a great pass-catching tight end, a quarterback that can also run when he but needs thank to. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's just you look at it, maybe we're, people are looking for something that just doesn't exist in yeah, Doug Peterson's you just, offense. You don't need that. Like, yep. you know, like, I'm with you. That's a great point. Moving over to the Cowboys' backfield, where after Tony Pollard, it, it seemed kind of wide open, but Deuce Vaughn, sixth-round pick out of Kansas State. Everybody knows Deuce for really his stature, five foot five, 176 pounds. Had a phenomenal preseason debut. Eight rushes, 50 yards, a touchdown, three catches for six yards. He caught all three of his targets against the Jaguars. After the game, Deuce said, it's hard to put into words to get in the end zone in your first preseason game. That's just a testament to all the work that's been put in since pre-draft. Um, Deuce Vaughn, great story, obviously. We all saw the video of him being uh, drafted by his father, getting the call from his father in the Cowboys draft room. Talk to me in two weeks. If the Cowboys haven't dra- haven't signed a veteran, if they haven't brought back Zeke or somebody else, then Deuce Vaughn becomes more interesting. But otherwise, it's just, hey, great. Um, of this list here, I'm curious if anything jumps out to either of you guys. A couple ones that jump out to me. I'm not worried about Devon A. Chain. I, um, I know it was later in the game. Uh, I'm still a Devon A-Chain believer. Uh, I will say Justin Ross is interesting just because this is a kid that, like, when he was at Clemson, just jumped off the page, you know, jumped off the right. And so if he can get on it, we've been waiting for Justin Ross for a couple of years. But, again, if he can make this team and get significant snaps on the field with Patrick Holmes, given what we saw him do in college – he becomes really interesting. Yeah, Ross has always had all the talent. He's dealt with medical situations. He obviously has had a long road in the NFL. I mean, this is somebody that was viewed as a future first-round wide receiver, and a lot has happened since. And I think, you know, the story goes of the Chiefs' offense. Guys, we're just trying to figure out who's going to be on the field with Patrick Mahomes because if that's the case, then they have value. And Justin Ross, that's a really good sign catching that touchdown. Um, one more here as well, Emmanuel Wilson. I mean, six carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. There have been a lot of people listening to this that missed the game are saying, who is Emmanuel Wilson? This is maybe the best story from the weekend here. He had that monster game on the 14th anniversary of his father's death. This is a former D2 running back out of Fort Valley State. I believe he started out, he went, didn't get drafted, started out in Broncos rookie camp. He ends up in Packers camp. 
Manuel Wilson drinks for you today on the happy hour. Absolutely. Great story for Manuel Wilson. Rooting for the kid. Fantastic. Good for him. An 80-yard touchdown uh, as well. I mean, just great great story. Love, uh, love that as well. The point on A-Chain, the numbers were good. Just bringing it back there real quickly. But the fact is, is he came in, you know, he came in much after the starters had all left the game. I'm not worried. I'm still a Devon A-Chain stand. And after this weekend, I'm an Emmanuel Wilson stand. Good job, Emmanuel. Congratulations, man. Continued success to you. And remember, you drink free whenever you're here at the happy hour. Some notable injury news. Saints running back Kendra Miller left the preseason game against the Chiefs with a sprained knee. It sounds like he'll miss one to two weeks, so not overly concerning right now with Kendra Miller. Ravens side end Isaiah likely was taken to the locker room on Saturday with an undisclosed injury. And the Boston Globe's Ben Volan reports Devontae Adams left practice with an apparent leg injury, although head coach Josh McDaniel said Adams' leg injury isn't, I quote, crazy serious. Which is, uh, which is good. Um, look, not a great term to use. <laughs> I mean, not crazy serious. Yeah, not crazy serious. Yeah, as we see video of him walking, one of his legs is... Got the cap sleeve on. A little bit yeah. of a limp. I say, is that that's not the smoothest walk. Not I don't to like be, that uh, Not to be Twitter doctor here, but yeah. just interesting. Just I don't know. I think person. we can... To me, the most significant of these injuries, again... Um, so, we'll find out if we get more news on Likely or Devontae Adams... I'm not worried. I mean, again, it's still week one of the preseason, so we've got some time. Kendra Miller, to me, is the most interesting here, just because, again, the Saints have already been kicking the tires on, you know, they, they had Kareem Hunt and they've had some other guys in there. We know Alvin Kamara is missing the first three games due to suspension. And now Kendra Miller, even if he's missing one to two weeks and you're like, okay, he'll be back for the regular season, he's missing preseason time. He's missing time in the building, learning the plays, getting familiar I do think Jamal Williams becomes really interesting those first three weeks. I think so, too. It's going to be interesting. Like you said, with a rookie, you always worry about them missing any time. We saw that with Kenneth Walker last year as well. We're going to take our first break. When we're back, positional ranking series begins with the quarterbacks. We got all of Barry's quarterback rankings going through them by tier. We got a lot of quarterback rankings to go through, and you know who's sitting at number one. You see him right there if you're watching here on Peacock. Jalen Hurts with the customized handshake with his running backs. If his stock couldn't get any higher here, fellas, Jalen Hurts is <laughs> the meteor right now. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what? And just if you notice, the handshake with Gainwell was better than the handshake with all <laughs> the other the guys. Scouting. That's the scouting. Just Moving so you know, that's the kind of minor things we look at. While we were sitting here, quick note, J.K. Dobbins off the pup list. We'll see how that goes in Ravens camp. For the quarterback rankings, here's tier one. Pretty cut and dry. Jalen Hurts at one, Josh Allen at two, Patrick Mahomes at three. These are the guys that they're, you're going to use a, a, a pick in the first three rounds on them. Simple as that. The, these are the guys that you're expecting you to win you the week yes. or be significant. Like the tier one, like these are the guys. Again, it's all we put them in order, but they're all pretty close. By using the tiers, it's just sort of a little bit of our way of saying like, hey, if you want an elite, elite quarterback, it's one of these three. I personally have them Hurts, Allen, Mahomes. But if you want Mahomes, like I ain't going to argue with you. If you prefer Josh Allen to Hurts or Mahomes, he's awesome too. Any of those guys are great. But these are the top three guys as well. All of them going as the top three quarterbacks as well. 
Mahomes. I mean, we could. I could give you the stats. You need the stats on this. Like honestly, they're pretty good. Hertz was QB one in points per game last year. He was my ride or die. Worked out over the last two seasons. He's had 23 rushing touchdowns. Back-to-back seasons with 120 carries and 750 rushing yards for Josh Allen. Three straight years as a top two quarterback. And then Mahomes is literally the only quarterback in the NFL with at least 4,500 passing yards, at least 35 passing touchdowns, and 300 rushing yards each of the last three seasons. He's the only quarterback that can say that. That's Mahomi. So it gets a little more interesting. Tier two, plenty of upside. I would say big upside. But also, each of these guys maybe comes with a little bit of risk here. Lamar Jackson, Barry, it feels like he could be a guy that could be the top quarterback in fantasy. He could also be outside the top five. Wider range of outcomes for Lamar Jackson. I mean, again, you go back to his MVP year of 2019. He was not only the MVP of the NFL, he was the MVP of fantasy. He has a number one quarterback in fantasy in the range of outcomes. He easily could be a Tier 1. The reason he's here at Tier 2 and I have him at 4 is because of the injury history. Each of the last two years, it, we're excited about the Todd Munkin offense, but it's still a new offense, right? And yes, we're excited about the pass catchers, but again, Odell Beckham Jr. has had significant, is coming off of a significant injury. Rashad Bateman has been pretty much banged up since he's come into the NFL. Zay Flowers is a rookie. We've seen Mark Andrews miss significant time. Isaiah Likely just already you know, um, got hurt. J.K. Dobbins just off the pup list, if you said so. There's just some question marks around Lord, uh, 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 I was going to say Lawrence Jackson, but he's our analyst. <laughs> he Lamar does love himself, so Lamar yeah. Jackson, though. I, I, we all love Lamar. Anyway, Lamar Jackson, um, uh, Lamar Jackson easily could be the number one quarterback in fantasy, but that's why I have him at four. But I think big year coming for Lamar. The other quarterback in tier two that I want to sort of talk about here was Trevor Lawrence, right? Get this. He's one of three quarterbacks last season with 4,000 passing yards and five rushing touchdowns. The other two, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Pretty good company. And so this is a stat that I put in my 100 facts, but get this. All seven quarterbacks that have been drafted number one overall, like Lawrence was, in the past decade, averaged more fantasy points per pass attempt in year three than they did in their first two seasons. So Lawrence is obviously entering year three. Last year, he was somebody that was... um, a, the seventh best quarterback in fantasy, and now he's coming up. Now, again, he was QB 11 in points per game, but they've added Calvin Ridley. It's a second year in Doug Peterson's system. He's another year with Christian Kirk. Like, he's surrounded by weapons. It's not a division that scares you. It's a better division, but it's a division that scares you. And, again, he is sneakily, um, sneakily mobile as well. He's somebody that can get you 30, 40 yard rushing yards a game. So I have Lawrence at QB7. I think a big year's coming for him. Yeah, I think the guy for me who's most likely to leap up out of that tier is actually Justin Herbert, who two years ago yeah. finished QB2. He's got 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and some work on the ground in him. Yeah, and a new offense that should allow him under Kellen Moore to maybe push the ball more vertically this year. And Quentin Johnson, by the yes. way, might, uh, might help out there a little bit as well. Okay, how about Tier 3 here? This is where... A sneaky part of that, by the way, yeah. also is they've been lining up Mike Williams in the slot some, which is insane to think about. Yes, I mean, power if, slot. If, yes, if he can, you know, Williams always needs to stay healthy. That's always the issue with him. But anyway, here's our, here's our Tier 3. And so these are the guys that Tier 2 is more like if you don't go elite elite, but you still want like kind of a star quarterback, that's where you're going in Tier 2. If you've completely blown off the quarterback position and you're looking for guys that can get you some points, you mix and match a little bit based on matchup, here's where Tier 3 is. Yeah, there's some limitations here with some of these guys, right. but there's also, you know, they're they're going to be starters in your league. It's as simple as that. We know about Tua's injury history, Daniel Jones coming off the big contract, and obviously plenty of running last year. 
Anthony Richardson right there, uh, Barry, who you've been saying you are much higher on. Much higher on, on Anthony Richardson. We talked about him earlier in the show. Kirk Cousins doesn't run, but we like that offense. Geno Smith runs a little bit, but could they go a little bit more run heavy? But how about Jared Goff? So I have him QB 15. His ADP on ESPN is QB 18. Top five in touchdown passes last season. He had six different games with 20 or more fantasy points. That was tied for fifth most in the NFL. And this is the point that I made about Amon Ross St. Brown making him my ride or die. But we know how good Jared Goff is playing in a dome. Last year, when he played indoors, averaged 20.6 fantasy points per game. Seven of his final eight games this year are either in a dome or he's got one game in Dallas late in December where they've got the retractable roof. It's almost likely going to be closed. So in essence, he's going to play seven of his final eight games indoors. Again, where he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game, which last year would have been, you know, a top six or seven fantasy quarterback. So I'm very high on Jared Goff. Another year in Ben Johnson's system. I think Jamison Williams is going to come on strong once he comes back from suspension. You know, I love Amon Ra. So sneakily good offensive line. You, Connor, you and I have always talked about this with Goff. When Jared Goff has time, he's, he's pretty good. He's very good. It's, yep. it's the fact that he doesn't run, but now he's in an offense that plays to his strengths of how accurate he is as a rhythm thrower. Yeah. With great weapons, a great offensive line, a, an offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson that will be a head coach a year from now. Uh, it's At that value, that's the value guy, yeah. I think, on this list. Well, and I think the schedule is the main thing. To your point, they only play outdoors one of their last eight games, which is insane for fantasy value. One guy I want to bring up is Geno Smith, who's 14 on the list. He finished this QB5 in fantasy last year. Now, a lot of that was just staying healthy. I think per game, he wasn't quite that high. But Geno, everyone's kind of expecting some regression from Geno, and he had some interception luck uh, at the back end of last year. But I think that Geno has the potential to be just the locked-in top 10 guy if he stays healthy. I want to get back to Tua on this list of 10. Because I think Tua, we talk about variance all the time, wide range of outcomes. We talked about that in Tier 2 with Lamar Jackson. And with Tua... It's not that will he run, will he won't. We know Tua is going to be a pocket passer in this offense with great weapons and a great play caller. But how do you weigh the injury variance, Barry, into rankings? Well, that's why he's my QB 15. I mean, this is a guy – I'm sorry, this is this is why he's my Q, I'm sorry, he's my QB 10, but he was QB 15 last year. And honestly, I think it depends on your league. These rankings are done with a one-quarterback league in mind. And so I swear, and if you're in a two-quarterback league, you might not want to be as, as risky. But when you're in a one-quarterback league, there's so many options that you can go grab as a waiver-wire guy that you can fill in by week guys if he does, in fact, get injured. But, again, we sort of talk range of outcomes. Like, Tua Tungavailoa finishing as a top-five, top-seven quarterback this year is very much within the realm of possibility. Again, needs to stay healthy, of course. But with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddell, you know, with Devon Haychain and Wilson and Mostert, like they've got so much speed on that offense and a great play caller as well. Like, again, last year on a points-per-game basis, you know, so much was made about the concussion and the injuries and everything like that. I think people forget last year in his first year under McDaniel, he was a top-10 quarterback on a points-per-game basis. Now fully healthy, again, needs to stay healthy, but – there's a, wi- there's a wider variance on Tua Tungavailoa, and I think too many people are focused on the downside and not enough are thinking about the upside on Tua, which is massive given that offense, the players around him. And by the way, Tua's good. Yep. 
he could absolutely lead the league in passing yards. Like that's on that's on the uh, it's a possible outcome for Tua. And I think yeah, as much as we think about the downside, the most likely thing is that he just doesn't get hurt. That's the most likely thing. I think that he plays, you know, 16 games or so. I would say that that is more likely than him getting hurt early in the season and missing the year. What are his odds for uh, comeback player of the year? Well, because I mean, just think about this, huh? Right? Well, it's it's Demar Hamlin, I think. But he would be. I think he's in the 25 to one range for comeback player of the year. And if if for some reason Hamlin is just not considered as part of that, then I think that Tua is a good chance. But I think it's going to be DeMar Hamlin. It's probably going to be DeMar Hamlin. He's off the board. But I just the only reason why is if, if Tua plays great and the, the Dolphins go deep into the playoffs or they, you know, they win that division, they take it from the Bills and the Jets you know, with Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't know. Yeah, the other thing with Tua is we forget this because his season was so shrouded by. Feels the like Demar Hamlet shouldn't even like that's just, like. Is that I think just, they should just create that, a separate award for him. So we don't, yes. we're going into the season, he's minus four hundred favorite for comeback I mean, player of the year. I think right. he just takes one step. The same with Brian Robinson run. last year. Just yeah. can you, we give him a separate, yeah, you know, give him like, a new award? Right. Yeah. yeah, let's leave comeback player for uh, Tua yeah. versus Russell Wilson. By the way, is this like <laughs> I'm looking at my shirt on camera here? Do do I? It's like reptilian skin. A little bit. It, like I thought it looked really good when I when I put it on. It's but now fine. I'm like, is it, yeah. is it is it Denny Carter-esque? Am I like in cardigan territory yeah, here? It's a little Carter-esque. That's okay. It's, no, you just, you're, you're... You just don't want to go Denny? Uh, yes. It's That's like, what the kids would say. It's like Tropic Thunder. You never want to go full Carter, but you can go half Carter. <laughs> half Carter. Yeah, you're so, so just Carter dipping your toes in the water. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Very... I mean, I will say this. You're wearing the NFL Blitz. Of course, we've got, we've got an actual NFL Blitz here on the set. Um, and I am, I'm the current... Uh, set champion, just yeah, so you know. As you bring I've, up, I've right. heard. I want yeah. to bring. I didn't hear from you. Uh, yeah, it's just going well, around the office. Well, here's the thing. I, I played one game. I played <laughs> You'll our, never play I, again. I played our Undefeated. producer Damian Dabrowski, and I beat him. Beat him I beat him. Beat him on the last play of the game. And now it's like I don't know. Do I? Do I retire as a champion? I'm undefeated, or do I take on all comers? I haven't decided yet. I hear he was uh, trying to guard Jerry Rice with a D line. <laughs> D line. This is correct. It was yeah. a mistake. <laughs> it didn't work so well. That was a mistake of his. It was a mistake, yeah. <laughs> All right, QB, quarterback tier number four I here. Adva- I took advantage of that. I, like like a great quarterback, like all great Pre-set. quarterbacks, uh, I identified the mismatch. Yeah. Yes. Mike McDaniel kind of play called that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> great great pre-snap recognition from Matthew Barry. Yeah. All right, tier number four here. Now we're getting into the range of depth guys, maybe two quarterback leagues, or guys you'll have to stream at some point. Brock Purdy leads the list here, Barry, and... Brock Purdy, official, surprisingly healthy already. Uh, although, you know, we'll see how, where that goes in Niners camp. Sam Howell at twenty. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, let's go. Sam that's Howell hard. at twenty. <laughs> Can he pick a Jay? Is J- hey, actually, let's stop Mark, here. You know what? Let's stop. Let's stop. The Mark car here. my words. Okay. I'm too low on Sam Howell. Now I'm going to keep him there because everyone's going to accuse You're me of, of a homer. Okay. Um, Sam Howell. Hey, Sam Howell finishes as a top twenty quarterback in fantasy points per game this year. Who's taking that bet with me? Who wants a dinner uh, bet with me? I will I'll say. I say. I'll take over, over twenty point five. Okay, uh, you'll take the over. Good. Yeah, yeah. Done and done. There, nice. you there you go. Done and done. Dinner bet. Keep track of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to figure out some sort of like a bet system or something like that. Some sort of uh, somewhere in the bar bar bet there. Okay. But um, yeah, give me. You mark my words on Sam Howell. Okay. Mark him, or somebody back there will mark it. Let me tell mark you. Mark it down. You have if to keep if track Sam Howell's playing for the Texans, he would not be top 20. He would absolutely not be top 20 on your list. That's fine, but he's okay. it's fine. Right. Uh, we love Sam Howell uh, here. Sam Howell drinks free always, <laughs> yes. by the way. Anyone on the, the commanders typically Everyone does. Everyone on the yeah. commanders drinks free.
After Happy Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett at 21, Derek Carr at 22, Kyler Murray on the mend at 23. How about Ryan Tannehill and, at And by the way, Kyler Murray, that's another one. Like, we just don't, we don't know, know when he's coming back, know. right? I mean, that, that, that's either way too low or way too high. Yeah. Like, I mean, because there's a scenario where he comes back in a couple of weeks. By the way, I don't know if you saw the news earlier this morning that Zach Ertz is expected right now to be there for week one. Great, right? You know, people thought he might miss half the season. And so, uh, like, if Kyler Murray's back and is only going to miss three to five games, awesome. But there's also a chance that we're sitting here in week six and the Cardinals are one and five, or one and four, I should say, and they're just like, you know, Kyler, we're just, we're just, you take your time. We're going to basically redshirt you this year. We're not going anywhere this year anyway. Let's, you know, let's let you rehab, save, get another great draft pick. Um, so I, 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 just a wide range of outcomes with, uh, with Kyler Murray. But Ryan Tannehill, to me, is pretty interesting, I think, there, right? I just Somebody who has been a borderline top 10 fantasy quarterback earlier in his career. Another guy that we talk about with sneaky rushing upside. Former wide receiver in college, Ryan Tannehill. And now arguably the best weapons of his career as a passer, right? We've seen, like, we've seen him support like A.J. Brown and A.J. Brown have a top 10 fantasy season under Tannehill, but now with not only DeAndre Hopkins, but Traylon Burks, who we like, my guy Chigakonkwo, and Derrick Henry, of course, in the backfield, all of a sudden, like, there's some really interesting talent around Tannehill. I think they're going to open it up a little bit more. The offensive line is a concern, as is. is the conservative play calling, but that's why he's down here in Tier 4. As uh, as my QB twenty four, his ADP is QB thirty, so I'm higher on him than consensus there as well. I, I, I don't know. Tannehill is a really interesting kind of deep league guy. Yeah. Well, on this tier, firstly, in a league a couple of weeks ago, I drafted Matthew Stafford and felt physically unwell for the few hours that followed. I wouldn't right. recommend anyone draft Matthew Stafford. It's not a good feeling. On Tannehill, I think he's probably the most underrated real-life quarterback in the league. People think that, oh, he's just going to end up as a backup. So Tannehill led them to the one seed like two years ago. Tannehill's a very yeah. solid, fine, I don't know, 18th best quarterback in the NFL. He's Kirk Cousins-esque. Yes, he's in that range. I right. think people think Derek of him Carr. As- like, he's in that, like, serve above-average serviceable quarterback. Yeah, he's fine. And I think my concern is just the offensive line, which might be the worst in all it's the football. It's looking real rough. But if they can scheme around that or get unexpected play out of that, then all of a sudden, with Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins, those are weapons. Again, Ben, because of his mobility, and he'll probably go shotgun a little bit more. Like, I think hopefully they... They scheme around that uh, a little bit there, but yeah, I, I think it's a re- it's a good year if you're if you're not going elite elite. I do think there's some viable options later in the draft at quarterback um, because I'm I'm in on Pickett this year too. Like, it's crazy, I know, but I'm really like, like Pickett, don't you? I kind of do. I don't know why, but I kind of do. I mean, better he, offensive listen, line, I like his team. He, no. He's no Sam Howell, but yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> He came close, though. 21. Yeah, Sam Howell's at 20. He's close. no Sam Howell, but he's as close as you can I be. I can't believe you've got Howell it, over Pickett, Carr. Okay. I don't know. It's all right. It's fine. It's, we got a bet. What, we got a bet. Yeah, we got a bet. It's we got a, we got yeah, a bet. Yeah, I'll also say this. I think if you – Brock Purdy might be too low there, too. Brock Purdy was a like a top 15-ish quarterback. Over The concerns on Purdy is just, is he healthy and is he going into, you know, is there do we see Trey Lance, do we see Sam oh, Darnold at all? I feel but better. If you, knew, if you knew Purdy would playing all 17 games with the weapons and Shanahan, the way he schemes it up, I mean, Garoppolo was good. Like, And I, I think he's as good, as, he could potentially be as good, if not better, than Garoppolo fantasy-wise. I feel better about Purdy after watching Trey Lance in the preseason. I think Brock Purdy's going to be Fair enough. Sam Darnold looked okay, though. 
Speaking of Garoppolo. <laughs> Tier 5 kicked off by Jimmy G, uh, followed by Desmond Ritter, his first year going into the season as a starter. Bryce Young, who just his offensive line allowed him to get clobbered in his debut. Mac Jones, C.J. Stroud, and Baker Mayfield at number 32 right there. These are guys that qualify at quarterback. Tier 5 is, hey, everyone else in my league is taken. I'm in a crazy deep league. I need somebody that qualifies at the position of quarterback to play quarterback on my fantasy team. And here are some names of players that will qualify at the quarterback position that will allow you to legally feel the lineup. There, you can That's actually the nice put thing them I can into say the about fantasy-wise this year. Yeah, I got a laugh out of on Baker Mayfield. The ESPN game recap. The headline is Mayfield takes another step to follow Brady. Well, not maybe literally as being the next quarterback after Tom Brady, but right. going to get Mayfield's uh, I mean, name like, out of the same like, sentence as Tom Brady. Did, did he buy property in Miami? Uh, yeah. Is that like, is yeah. He, you know, know. like other steps to follow Brady. <laughs> yeah. He's he's bought some Las Vegas Aces jerseys. Yeah. Like, you know, like exactly plays like this. the same position yeah. on the team so, that Brady was on last year. Right. But, uh, that's a fight that everyone loses, whoever wins that battle. Let me, frame it, Mayfield. let me frame it like this. This is the hardest question okay. to ask for these guys. This group, Tier 5, who has the best chance – to finish as a top 20 quarterback in fantasy. You're not saying they're going to. Who has, who has the best chance of this tough-looking group? I think it might be Garoppolo if he just stays healthy. Because of Devontae Adams. Yeah, you just throw, th- stay healthy, throw the ball to Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. Then I think that that's a path. Desmond Ritter potentially has some upside just because he's young, find a good offensive line. He's got a lot of weapons as well, but they're probably just going to run the ball too much. So, I mean, it's not a nice sentence to say out loud, but Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be I, my best. I, agree with I, you. I think I think that's fair. Ritter as well because of the rushing. The only other one, the only other one I'll say is, you know what? Screw it. I'll say Baker Mayfield, uh, and I'll tell you why. No, here's here's uh, you're asking me. Evans and Godwin. Yeah. <laughs> Evans, Godwin, Rashad White, uh, who I think, you know, is a decent pass catching as a running back. And, oh, by the way, he's done it before. Like, Baker May, again, it was a long time ago and many moons and all that kind of stuff. But there was a moment in time where he was in Cleveland and he was like a top 12-ish fantasy quarterback for about half a season. You know, uh, and him and Beckham, you know... Prior to Beckham's dad, you know, posting videos about him. Yeah, I mean, again, but I mean, like that. There, there was the, you know, um, that that half season under Freddie Kitchens. That for, you know, I think it was his rookie year. He's had two really good seasons: year one and year three in the NFL. Mayfield was excellent, but that's you know, three and years. Yes, many. I, I'm just saying, but right, like, sure. I always say this, like we were talking the other day. Like again, I like the phrase that my friend Ron Chandler. Once a player displays a skill, he owns it. And so it's in there somewhere. Yep. Can, can the Buccaneers unlock it? We don't know. More unlikely than not, but uh, there's a chance. World champion Noah Lyles leads the stars of Team USA as they take on the best athletes from around the world at the World Track and Field Championships August 20th and 23rd on NBC, USA, and Peacock. The show is back, and so is the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Stay connected throughout training camps with updated player rankings, team profiles, and projections that will help you win your fantasy league. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code Barry20 for 20% off at checkout. Or 
if you like the club of luxury, it's uh, Connor 5. Yeah, there's there's a couple of promo codes out there. So Barry20 is one of them if you own 20% off. Great, great, great. But if you want to use Jay's promo code, you can use J10 or Connor5. And you're like, why would somebody want to not get 20% off? And the truth of the matter is, it's like, hey, it's a little choose your fighter here. Yes. You know, honestly. And some people have, in fact, used <laughs> the promo code. <laughs> yes, they have. Like Jake Chavez here. Shout out to Jake. At, Jake uh, was the first one I saw. At uh, Chavo2K6. All right, <laughs> fellas, time to show at Connor J. Rogers some love. He still got me 5% off. There you go. So Jake using the promo code Connor5. Matthew Cohn at official S. Connor. Connor5. This is royalty. See? that He gets it. We're yeah. a brand. We're a luxury brand. We are a luxury brand. Exactly. Who else do we have? Oh, uh, 20% off is just too much. 5% is a little is too little. But 10% is just right. Go, Jay. Dr. JD. At Vegemite as well. At Vegemite. Guys. That's Daniel Alt, A-U-L-T. I don't know, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Robert Southey. He was an author who wrote a short story in 1837 called Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And what I'm, where I'm going is that Connor 5, too cold, Barry 20, too hot, J10, just right. I can just tell you that the fans have responded in a way that shows that literally they are using the Connor 5 promo code twice as much as they're using <laughs> we have the data the J uh, the J10 the I'm just saying stuck in the either middle. one as my my mic falls <laughs> off either way Barry 20 J10 Connor 5 use whichever promo code you want at NBCSports.com you don't have to go home uh, you don't have to you don't have to go home but you can't stay here it's closing time perhaps it's day one whatever I screwed it up peace out tomorrow. Back in my day. Fell off. <laughs>